Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. Hello, everybody. Today's featured travel hacker is Angelo Manila from Paid with Points. Angelo is a travel hacker living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Currently, he has 23 credit cards and used them to earn more than $20,000 of free travel in 2019 alone. In today's episode, Angelo and I discuss how he stays organized with 23 credit cards, how he incorporates his travel hacking hobby with his day job as a full-time chiropractor, and all the details behind how he travel hacked an amazing $8,000 trip to Thailand last year, a trip that included six nights in a room with a private infinity pool and more than $300 of resort credits. Let's hear how he did it. Hey, Angelo, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. We are so excited to have you here today. Thank you very much. It's an honor. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get into points and miles and how long have you been in the game? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Um, I would say the last five years or so, I really started getting into it. Um, I didn't have any credit. I didn't have bad credit, good credit. I just didn't have any credit. So the first thing that I got was a secured card. And then once I made the consistent payments, uh, my first true rewards card was the Chase Sapphire Preferred. And then from there, I started understanding a little bit more about the benefits of each card and what they can do for you and how you can honestly make the credit cards work for you. So ever since then, it just became more of an addiction to the point where this year I went to Thailand and then last year I went to Hawaii and all kinds of other places. So it's been good. Nice. So as you've been kind of going through your travel hacking journey, was there any, any point where you messed up something and you were like, I need to tell other beginners not to make the same travel hacking mistake I made? Absolutely. And one thing is always going to stick out like a sore thumb. So whenever I had the preferred, um, the reserve ended up coming out, I believe it was 2016. And it was a hundred thousand point sign up bonus. Uh, whenever I earned that, I had probably 110,000 or 120,000 points. And I was like, wow, Chase is going to write me a check for $1,120. I was like, that's, that's great. Yeah. Sign me up. So they ended up, uh, doing that. And there, there went all my points back down to a zero balance and understanding what the reserve can do for you. Now I could have used that for so many more redemptions. I could have transferred it to hotel or airline partners to make the value more than what it was worth on the portal. But um, that one, that one hurts every time I think about it. So you just cashed out your points. I, yep. I cashed out. At a one cent per point rate, did you say, or something else? Yeah. So hundred thousand points. And if I took that as a cash back, I got a thousand dollars. So that was a one-to-one ratio. Um, and whenever you do it on the portal with the Chase Sapphire Reserve, you can get a 1 to 1.5. And then depending on your transfer partners, if you want to 
transfer it out to airlines. Sometimes you can even make that more than 1.5 points. So the value I got out of those points was one-to-one and uh, lesson learned. Yeah, or if you transfer it, you can sometimes get a business class flight that would cost tens of thousands of dollars for the right. same hundred thousand points if you're really, really lucky. So exactly. Lesson for anybody who's thinking about redeeming their points as a cash out on a statement credit, maybe don't do that. Yep. Okay. Cool. So now that we've talked about the points and miles struggles, let's talk a little bit about points and miles wins. When you're looking into booking a trip and looking to redeem your points for much more than one cent per point in value, what's the process to go around doing that? So the one thing I've learned is you honestly have to be very flexible with your travel if you are in this travel hacking game. Um, I always look at what the, the points guys who I usually use as my basis for what each point is worth. So a Hilton point is, you know, I have the Hilton Aspire, so I have a lot of those points. And those are valued at um, 0.006 cents per dollar. So you take the total amount of points that that room would cost you and you calculate out what that monetary value is. So roughly a standard room can be anywhere from 80,000 to 95,000 points. And that is worth right around 400 to $450. So whenever you're redeeming, you want to make sure that you're at least getting that value. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I look for. Uh, outside of that... Whenever it comes to travel, there are certain redemptions. Like, for instance, I have 100,000 American airline miles, and that is good for a first-class ETIAD on the A380, which unfortunately is not running right now, but that's a like $15,000, $16,000 seat. Um, so, yeah, those are a couple of the things that I look for. So the process for this is you take – whatever it would normally cost in dollars divided by how much it costs in points. And that'll give you a ratio of 0.012. So like 1.2 cents per point or something like that. Yes. And then you compare it against whatever the points guy is saying each point should be worth. And if you're getting better than that ratio, it's a good deal. And if you're getting lower than that ratio, if for some reason you take the cash value divided by the points value and you're getting like, 0.0005 definitely don't do that redemption and you should instead just pay cash for it is that kind of the logic? yeah that's basically the logic there are a few things that go into that as well so with the hilton aspire card i stayed at the grand grand wilea the waldorf astoria and i also stayed at the conrad kosamoy so with that card even though the redemption may not be the best way to go, uh, with the credits that you get with that card, you can use them there. So for the Aspire card, you have a $250 resort credit. You may make up the point value difference in the money that you saved on that trip, even though you may have just broken even with the point redemption for the actual stay. Mm, Yes, once you take into account the fact that in that cash thing, you just you can take off two hundred and fifty dollars of credit. Um, whether that's room charges, you can also do food charges. Correct? You can just charge two hundred and fifty dollars of room service. Yep. And the other thing that um, 
I didn't know this the first time I used my points for a Hilton stay, but there is a $100 credit that you can use at a Waldorf or Conrad hotel. And the only requirement is it has to be at least two nights. Now, if you go to a Waldorf and you don't input a specific code, you won't have access to that. Sometimes you can call the, the, um, the credit card company Amex and tell them, Hey, I just forgot to put the code in. Can you, uh, put this in so I can get that hundred dollars off of my credit? And sometimes they'll do it and sometimes they won't, but, um, that's another perk that you can get with that card. Okay. And this is the Hilton Aspire. So this is like, I call, I never use the proper names for the Hilton cards. I have like, there's Hilton surpassed, but then there's like Hilton fancy. And this is the Hilton fancy card, correct? The one this, this is, yeah, this is the Hilton fancy. So it's the $450 annual fee one. And when people are thinking, how in the world do I justify a $450 annual fee? What's the math that you do in your head for this particular card to say it's worth $450? Yeah. So the way I look at it is if the annual fee is $450, I want to know what that card is going to give me. And then based off of the credits that they have, I deduct the credits from the actual annual fee. So for instance, you can get that $250 resort credit that we were talking about. And you can also get a $100 resort credit from at that Waldorf or Conrad. So if you add those two up, that's $350. Now, essentially, you have a, a uh, what is that? A $100 annual fee card. And you didn't even tap into the other perks that that will give you. So if you wanted global entry or something like that, that's another $100. Um, and the fact that you get diamond status automatically just from owning that card, anytime you book any type of Hilton room, they will, you are um, automatically going to get the upgrade based off of the availability at check-in. Now, that upgrade could be you know a $100 room upgrade, a $200 room upgrade. And now you've already exceeded your $450 in value that you're going to be paying every year. So as long as you're taking advantage of your credits and what the credit card is offering, it's a no brainer. And diamond status also gets you access to Hilton breakfast and Hilton lounge. And if you're staying somewhere like the Maldives, where you can't really just go across the street and get convenience store breakfast, it's either it's covered by your Hilton membership or you're paying $50 a person to eat those credits get really valuable really, really fast. People sometimes undervalue free breakfast, but well, if you are jet lagged and you're at a fancy hotel halfway around the world and they are offering you free breakfast and that breakfast would otherwise cost 50 or $60 per person, it's so, 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 so valuable. Absolutely. Yep. Um, this, this card also comes with the free night, correct? This is the card that comes with a free Hilton night to anyone? Yep. It comes with a free Hilton night and you have the potential to earn another free Hilton night if you spend $60,000 on that card in a calendar year. So I don't actually have the Hilton Fancy. I have the Hilton Surpass, which is if you spend $15,000 in a year, then you get the Hilton free night. And one year I got um, corrective eye surgery. So I have this Instagram post that says, I let people drill holes into my eyeballs and I got a free hotel night out of it. So yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's. I, I used it. Oh, go ahead. 
that's the uh, the card that I had before. So um, I, whenever I first got into the Hilton Rewards program, I signed up for the no annual fee one. And this is back whenever I was still kind of learning and I was like, I, I can't really justify that $450. So I signed up for the no annual fee one. I got the sign up bonus for that. Then I did a couple stays and I was like, man, if I would have just had this status, I would have gotten this. So then I did the um, $95 annual fee, the surpass that you're talking about. But whenever I had it, I can't remember what it was called before, but it wasn't the surpass. Do you remember what it was called? The Hilton Ascend. The Hilton Ascend. Yes, that's what it was. And then they changed it. And um I, I actually earned the sign-up bonus on that one. And then I signed up again for the Hilton Aspire. Same deal. I got the sign-up bonus on that one. So I was kind of surprised that they actually gave me all three sign-up bonuses, which I think if whenever you added them all up at the time, it was right around 300,000 points. That's a lot of points. But it yeah. is important to know that like a point with Hilton isn't necessarily the same as a point with American Express. And that's where looking at those the points guys, point valuations is really, really useful because a Hilton point is generally worth about half of a Chase or half of an American Express point. Yeah, at least. Cents per point. Yeah. But the nice thing about Hilton, because um, you're absolutely right with what the point is worth, it's worth much less per point. However, you can earn them a lot faster. So for the Aspire card that I have, anytime you go to the Hilton and you do some spending there, it's 14 points per dollar. And then if you're doing a stay, you get a hundred percent, hundred percent bonus back. So that's a additional 20 points. So anytime you spend at a Hilton, when you're staying there, it's 34 points per dollar with that specific card. That's so many stacks. So you can really add up, but um, yeah, you know, uh, Amex and Chase, they, are more heavily favored in the worth per point than the Hilton, but you can't necessarily earn them as fast. Yeah. So it just, you have to do the math when it comes to which point redemption should I go for? Which hotel should I stay at? Cause it's not necessarily just which one gets me the most points or which points are worth the most. You have to combine a lot of different things. Yep. How do you keep from getting overwhelmed with all of the different math of Oh, okay, I have to make sure that I'm beating the, the points guy's point valuation and I need to make sure that I'm paying with points when appropriate versus cash when appropriate. How do you track all this for yourself to make these decisions? Yeah, so that is the uh, number one question I get outside of what card should I sign up for? How do you keep track of all of this? Because I have probably 23 or 25 credit cards in total and they're spread across pnc amex chase city um so they're kind of all over the place and i have a a spreadsheet i'm you know a big spreadsheet guy so i write down each card the basic categories that all travel or all credit cards have and then i just kind of pick and choose where the benefits are so for instance if i am talking about groceries i know that the amex gold is going to be a good one and just other cards like that so i can kind of keep track of that and then as far as the points i have another spreadsheet that has hotels and then each one listed where my points are and then um, any type of credits if there is an expiration when the annual fee hits, 
So all kinds of uh, different data points to help me keep track of everything so I'm not losing out on any value. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about your just day-to-day life. You don't do travel hacking for a full-time gig. Most of us don't do travel hacking for a full-time gig. So what do you do in your day job and how do you incorporate points and miles into it? I I wish I did do travel hacking for a full-time gig. That'd be nice. But yeah, so I am a full-time chiropractor in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I work at uh, four different locations. So as far as how I work in the travel hacking with being a chiropractor, because there's, you know, complete polar opposites, um, I have continuing education credits that I need to meet every so often to maintain my license and CPR and all those kinds of things. The nice thing about being a travel hacker is that if you want to do a seminar that is, you know, there's one in Philadelphia, I could drive there or I could fly to Hawaii and do the same one. I can use my points. I can use my credits and do the whole entire trip for free, get the same seminar and maybe extend the the vacation a little bit. You said you work in four locations. Yeah, there's four. Um, basically, there's a north, south, east, and west office. I see. So, do you rack up a lot of points just paying for gas as well? Yeah. So, um, right now, I, I have a couple gas cards, and I have the Amex Gold. Uh, so, I get my gas through Giant Eagle and GetGo. Um, so what I'll do is I will go and earn the fuel perks by buying a get-go gift card at the grocery store. And then I'll just use that until it, you know, is, it wipes out. Uh, and then, yeah, so as far as that, that's how I'll kind of expense my gas by earning the points on it. I'll go to grocery stores and get gas gift cards and just use it for that and make sure I'm earning uh, four points per dollar getting the with the Amex Gold. That's such a great trick. Whenever you have a card that maybe maybe you don't have a card that earns four times points for gas, but you have one for groceries, just buying a gift card to buy your gas from the grocery store and getting the four X points that way. Such a smart trick. I love when people use the trick. So whenever you go on one of these travel hacking trips. You also post it on social media and you have a YouTube channel on this as well. Is your YouTube channel more so for here's what to do at the destination or here's how to travel hack the same trip that I'm doing in Thailand or wherever you're going? Yeah, so the the YouTube channel is kind of a new uh, venture for me and I haven't figured out exactly how I want that to lay out. But anytime I go on a vacation, I always like uh, having the memory. So having a video and vlogging about it rather than just a couple still snapshots uh, is more meaningful for me. And whenever you can make a, a nice little edit about it, it helps make the, the memories um, a little bit better. And I always put in there how I ended up travel hacking the entire trip, kind of detailed breakdown. So walk us through one of those. Can you can you tell us about a favorite travel hacking redemption story and how you accumulated the points and then how you went through the redemption to get the free travel? Yeah, so I tried to do a little searching. Um, earlier this year, I was fortunate enough to actually travel to Thailand. And this was January um, 18th to January 24th. 
so basically how I did it, I used my Amex Aspire and I stayed at the Conrad. Um, the short of it is my total savings for the entire trip was $8,860. And the savings that I earned through the certain credit cards, the accumulation of the annual fees is $1,550. So just by paying, you know, some people may think you're almost paying $1,600 in credit card fees. I netted a profit of $7,310. So I basically covered my annual fees for the next six years. Um, So the breakdown of that, do you have any particular way you want me to go about this or... So let's start with let's start with flights. Who did you use to fly to Thailand from Pittsburgh? So my flights were Pittsburgh to JFK, and then I went JFK to Doha, and then Doha to Bangkok, and then Bangkok to the island of Koh Samui. That's a lot of flight segments. Was it all it was with a lot. airline and transfer partner family, or did you have to book separate separate flights for different legs for it? I had to book separate flights. So the Pittsburgh to JFK, I ended up using um, Delta because I have the Delta Sky Miles Platinum card and I also have the Amex Platinum. So my flight cost 9,000 Delta miles and $22.40 in you know the taxes and fees. I was able to take Katie, uh, my girlfriend, with me using the companion pass because after you have the uh, Delta Sky Miles Platinum card for a year, you're able to take the uh, companion pass and basically you can just take that person for free as long as you have a ticket as well. So that's how I did the uh, Pittsburgh to JFK. Is this a one-time companion pass or is it companion pass for a certain amount of time? This was a one-time companion pass. Okay. So that's Pittsburgh to JFK. So what was the next next leg? Well, so some of the benefits that I had whenever I was um, on that flight, uh, using that card, I got zone one priority boarding. Oh. We needed to, to check a bag. So that card, you also get a free check bag. That's a $25 value. Um, and then on that, uh, on the flight, if you wanted to have a cocktail, you get 20% savings if you use the Delta Sky Mouse Platinum. But there was actually a promo running whenever I signed up for this card. If you spend $100 um, on the Delta, or if you spend any money on a Delta purchase within the first three months, they'll give you $100 credit. So I basically ended up using that $100 credit on the as like drink vouchers on the plane. Uh, and then after that, um, the Amex Plus... Wait, go back. You spent $100 on drink vouchers on one flight? No, not one flight. So like okay. it was okay. there and that. Let's get her to New York. Okay. I got confused. Never mind. Yeah, no, no. It, was, it wasn't one flight. That would have been one, you know, enjoyable flight if it was. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't one flight. But I just used um, that credit on drink vouchers. So that's what I ended up getting it for. And I think there were like a total of eight drink vouchers or something you got. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I had my Amex Platinum. Um, so whenever we got there, we went to the Delta Sky Club with the Amex Platinum. 
and I, with my Amex Platinum, I'm able to get her in for free. So if you wanted to just go there by yourself, didn't have any card that allowed you to get in there for free, I believe it's $50 per person. Um, Delta Sky Club, for anyone who's not familiar with it, is an airport lounge. And so with the airport lounges, you just get to eat and drink for free, right? You don't have to pay $18 for a sandwich off a styrofoam plate. Yep. And all the so, um, free there too? Uh, the alcohol, yes. I believe, I believe that was free. Yeah, I think so. Was the food good? Some lounges are much better than others. On yeah, I mean, uh, where we were, it was it was good. But I've definitely been in lounges where the food was much better. But you know, can't complain about free food. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's the pit to JFK flight, and then um, getting into the other flights, I booked these um, using the, uh, American express membership rewards points. So that was the JFK to Doha and then the Doha to Bangkok and Bangkok to the Island. Um, I booked that as uh, one continuous flight. So that ended up being, I think 80,000 membership rewards points. Um, and the total cost would have been $1,700. So that gave me roughly, uh, 0.022 uh, cents per point, which I thought was a pretty pretty good value. Is there a reason you chose Doha as your stopover? Was that just for good points redemptions or for a particular airline? Because it's a little bit out of the way to get from New York. Oh, you went you went the Atlantic route. Uh, that that was the shortest route that I um, saw at the time. Okay. Or maybe maybe the most convenient for the oh it was the um, the layovers. I wanted to make sure I had enough time to get off the plane and then onto the plane. So I gave myself a little bit longer of a window than I probably actually needed. Now looking back at it, is there anything super memorable about the Doha airport experience? Um, there's this like giant yellow teddy bear that was (laughs) kind of right in the middle i don't know how else to describe it but like that's always the one thing that kind of sticks out to me was this giant and it was unbelievably clean unbelievably clean very very nice one of the probably the nicest airport i've been to have you been to singapore i have not (laughs) i i was just really expecting you to talk about a lounge or something with that question and then i just love that you said there's this giant teddy bear Yeah, I mean, it left such an impression that, you know, all the lounges, all the parks, all that kind of stuff went out the window. I was like, this giant yellow teddy bear is just sitting right there and it's like 30 feet high. That's amazing. Okay. So you have a, how long was your stopover in Doha? Did you get to go out and see the city at all or whole time was spent in there? It was airport and then uh, I think it was two hours maybe. So we uh, took a picture with the bear and then we went to a lounge. Okay. And then yeah. from there you went to Thailand. And then from there we went to Thailand. Yep. We went to Bangkok. Um, we had probably another two hour layover there. We stopped in, I think it was two lounges that we used. Um, you can use a, a bunch of variety of cards. Like you could use the MX platinum. You could use the chase Sapphire reserve. You could use the Delta sky miles platinum. So um, from there we ended up taking a smaller, uh, prop plane on Bangkok Airways, and that got us to the island. And then from there, we took um, 
a transportation that the hotel that we were staying at offered. And it was a 50 minute drive from the actual airport to the hotel. So was the short flight from Bangkok to Koh Samui, was that on points and miles too? Or was that just a cheap flight that was purchased? That was part of the whole take me from JFK to the island flight using the Amex or on the Amex portal. And that all JFK to the island was 80,000 MR points. Per person? Per person, yeah. Is that one way or does that include round trip? That was round trip. Yeah. A really, really, really good deal for 80,000 points per person round trip. Yeah. So, you know, my, my girlfriend and I knew that we wanted to do this trip, but we were like, all right, when can we do it? What are the flights going to, should we leave on a Wednesday or a Saturday? And, you know, after you do some digging, you can, you can get yourself a pretty good deal. So we, we uh, did some researching and yeah, 80,000 points round trip for basically every leg other than the Pittsburgh to JFK. I mean, you can't really beat it. Was your route back through the same route or did you go over the Pacific instead? Same route. Same route back. Cool. Yep. All right. And then, so once you were actually in Koh Samoy, what was your experience with the hotel? Where did you stay? Um, how did you travel? Hackett, tell me a little bit about the hotel experience. The hotel was absolutely gorgeous. Um, you're basically on this mountain and they don't have um, individual, like what, it's not one building where there's uh, just rooms kind of right next to each other. You're in your own little villa. Uh, you have a infinity pool, um, a full nice big uh, bathroom, double vanity sink, uh, just everything so secluded and so personal that uh, it's just very nice. They had three restaurants on site. The lobby, as soon as you get there, you just walk into this amazing view, just overlooking these five islands that uh, we actually went to um, a couple days into the trip. Uh, so yeah, it was just gorgeous whenever we got there. And this is at the Conrad Kosamoy. The Conrad Kosamoy, yep. Nice. And what travel hacks did you use to either get this for free or while you were there or anything? Yeah, so whenever we were um, talking about the three Hilton cards that I signed up for, that roughly gave me just 300,000 points for the sign-up bonuses. So um, the room, the booking, I it, we did six nights. And I did two separate reservations. So those weekend gift certificates that you get just, you know, one every year for having the, the Hilton Aspire, I ended up using that for the first night. And that's good for a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And then the second reservation, we ended up doing a uh, five-night stay on points. Now, whenever you do a five-night stay on points... Um, it costs the total amount of points that were required to book five standard nights was 95,000 points per night. So that's 475,000 points. Now, if you do it all with points, you get that fifth night for free. So essentially it's costing you 380,000 points. And, um, as far so that's the actual booking and earning these points outside of signup bonuses, you can really kind of double down and, stack your points if you enroll in the Hilton Honors Dining Portal 
um, and you can earn anywhere from three three points per dollar up to eight points per dollar based off of your status. So if you just enroll, you get three points. If you give them your email, I believe you get five points per dollar anytime you spend on a credit card that you link to that dining portal. And then if you end up spending um, at 11 restaurants, you become VIP. So now you're earning eight. Uh, And whenever you stack that, with the restaurant category that comes with the Hilton Aspire, which I believe is seven, you're earning 15 points per dollar just by going to certain restaurants. So all of that can really add up in order to get enough points to you know do this uh, stay for completely free. That's so many stacks. And it's a really good point too, where if somebody says, they're over five over 24 on their credit card. So maybe they can't get any new ones or they just don't want to open another credit card yet because they can't meet minimum spend this quarter. Dining portals are a really, really good alternative route to where all you need to do is link up a credit card you already have. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be your Hilton credit card, right? You could link up your Sapphire Reserve or any card to the Hilton dining portal. So you don't even need a Hilton credit card. And then- yeah, and I'm and even if you are complete anti credit cards, but you still want to travel for free, it's a heck of a lot harder. But you can link a debit card to the dining portal and spend on your debit card, and because it's linked, you'll still be earning the three, five, or eight points per dollar at those specific restaurants that are on that portal. Yes, that's important to note too. Where it's not every single restaurant you'll get these special points with. Um, you have to go to a restaurant that's specifically partnered with the app. And then whatever you spend at that restaurant, you will get, like you said, five, eight points per dollar through this app. With yep. Cool. All right. Anything else that was particularly memorable about the Thailand trip? We talked about flights, hotels. Did you do any excursions that you were able to travel hack as well? Did not do any excursions, but basically um, I always try and plan a big trip at the very beginning of the year because that's when all of your credits usually kind of reset. So January we went and I had the Chase Sapphire Reserve, which gives you a $300 travel credit that you don't have to enroll in. You just have to have the card, spend on that. And as long as it, it could be, you know, a parking garage, an Uber, um, anything like that, you will end up getting your that'll go towards your credit. So since that hit and it was the beginning of the year, we basically any type of transportation that we did, we I just put on the reserve and I got up to $300 worth of credit for transportation. And that $300 is so easy to hit because if somebody is into travel hacking enough to consider a, a Chase Sapphire reserve, which I think is $500, $550 annual fee now, you're going to spend at least $300 on credit. It's so easy to hit. And it really just effectively brings down the annual fee that you have to pay on that card. So also, yeah, very, very easy to hit that $300. So easy to hit that. And it's also just great for excursions because there's so many different little things in travel. Like you mentioned, toll booths, parking, um, any day tours that you're taking while you're on vacation where you can't necessarily use your hotel points for that. You can't really use your airline points for that, but different hacks like the $300 credit through Chase Sapphire Reserve, super easy to use. Yep. Okay. So 
As you've been travel hacking for the last couple of years, have you developed any unique viewpoints where maybe it's not exactly everything that you read on travel hacking blogs, but just your own personal viewpoints on travel hacking that might be a little bit unique? Nothing in a negative sense. The only thing I could say is that as I dive deeper and deeper into this and become more obsessed like every single day, um, there's a lot more to keep track of. So, you know, obviously, whenever I first started, I had one card, the Chase Sapphire Preferred. And, you know, five years later, I have 20 some cards spread across five different banks, and I have to make sure I'm using the right one anytime I go to a grocery store or a gas station or I'm dining, or I'm at a drugstore, I have to make sure I activate all of my rotating categories every four months, every three months. So that becomes um, a bit tricky. But other than that, you know, it's, it's provided me a lot of good memories, good value. So I have nothing bad to say. What's your process being organized? Do you have any special tools that you like to utilize? Any apps? Do you just use checklists and spreadsheets? How do you make sure you are optimizing as much as you possibly can? Spreadsheets, spreadsheets, spreadsheets. All the spreadsheets. I ha- all the spreadsheets. I basically, anytime I get a card, I put it in its own cell in Microsoft um, Excel. And then I have basically every single perk category that all credit cards offer. And I will put down in each credit card, how much they are offering at that particular category. So I have the Chase Freedom Flex, but it doesn't give you anything on Saks Fifth Avenue. But I have the Amex Platinum, and that's going to give me $50 for Saks Fifth Avenue every two months or every six months. So in terms of keeping track of it, that's you know the best way for me to know exactly what I have left what I, in terms of credits, did I use the right card? When's the annual fee hitting? All those things. Yeah, the credits are a little bit harder to track. I personally use this thing called card pointers where it tells you, oh, if you're going to a restaurant, use this one of your cards because it'll get you four or five X. And if you're using, or if you're paying your cable bill, use this other credit card. So I like card pointers, but for for all the credits, I don't think I found a tool that tracks how much of my Saks credits is left for Amex Platinum or how much of my incidental credits. I just have to log on to Amex Platinum to check that every quarter. I did uh, recently find out about card pointer. So I downloaded that and I'm starting to get the, the hang of it. But um, yeah, that seems like a very nice tool to kind of help keep track of that. Um, so as we're kind of wrapping up our conversation, if you had to summarize all of your travel hacking knowledge into a one-liner best piece of travel hacking advice for our listeners. What would you give as that advice? If you're going to spend money anyways, you might as well get rewarded for it. Oh, absolutely. Such good advice, especially like for anybody who's planning a wedding, they should just get their honeymoon for free. Exactly. (laughs) And, and this year has been a, you know, a, a, terrible and unfortunate year because of COVID, but it's been a great year for uh, travel hackers. Um, Right now, I think I have over 600,000, 650,000 points, miles combined. So um, a lot of those travel credits that weren't being able to, for people to use, they turned into, you know, you can use it at at restaurants, you can use it at grocery stores. They really, uh, found ways to kind of keep you. Yeah, I was so surprised how many people in March or April said, this is going to be the end of travel hacking. 
the credit cards are just going to close everything down. We're not going to get any points or miles anymore. And it's actually been the complete opposite where they have really, really up to their marketing game. We're getting 5x points left and right for random things. Um, yeah, 4Q 2020, we can get 5x points at Walmart or PayPal. And you can pay pretty much anything with PayPal these days. So you can get 5x pretty much anything. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Cool. So, all right. Last question. Can you nominate at least one other travel hacker who you would like to hear on this show? Uh, yeah. So recently I've been learning a lot from um, Pack Your Bag with Points. I believe his first name's Kyle. Um, and also uh, Max from Max Miles, Max Miles Points. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. So uh, those two have been providing a lot of... Um, a lot of value personally for me. So I would definitely recommend them. Perfect. And for my last question, where can we find you on social media? Uh, paid with points on Instagram. Uh, if you go to YouTube and just Google paid with points, uh, you can find me there. And I have a website uh, called paidwithpoints.com. So basically all my handles and websites is paidwithpoints.com. And is your website more so for different ways you can utilize the different benefits for each card, more of a travel blog from your different adventures and how you do redemptions. What can we find on this blog or website? Yeah. So a lot of times people will say, you know, what's the best card for me? Um, so I have a uh, link on there for a free consultation and you just fill it out. Uh, it has basically all the information I would need to know what your what card would benefit you the most? And it's going to give me a basic, I want to spend this much in annual fees, or I don't want to spend anything in annual fees. All that information will give me enough feedback so that I can provide you with the best card so you can start your travel hacking. The other thing that I have for people that are a little bit more advanced, um, if you have points, but don't know how to use them or don't know the best way to use them, and you haven't been traveling in a while, there is a page on here called Put Your Points to Use. And you basically fill it out where you want to go, when you want to go. Do you have airline uh, miles? Do you have hotel points? Which hotel is it? How many do you have? Um, any other details? And then basically I will get go through that form, figure out some options for you, and send that back and... Uh, yeah, so those are two of the biggest features. Everything's pr uh, pretty much information that will help you personally, not necessarily how I did my specific hacks. But that's on there a little bit. That sounds so great. That sounds like such a useful tool as well. And, and the free consultations are great also for anybody who has questions about your Thailand trip or anything that they're trying to do on their own as well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Angelo. This was so great getting to speak with you today. Absolutely. Thank you. It was, it was a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If you want in on the mission of spreading the joys of the travel hacking lifestyle, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. Additionally, if any of the cards mentioned on today's call piqued your interest, please use the links in the show notes to apply or learn more about any of the cards.
And if you would like some personalized help with your travel hacking strategy, I do offer coaching services at a very affordable rate, starting with a free 30-minute call. Just pick a time that works for you at calendly.com slash geobreeze, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care and happy travels.